Next on BYU Sports Nation, whoa, whoa, unto the weekend for Cougar football and basketball. Hey, time to pull it together, people, but not before letting out raw emotion. The bowl win streak ends for BYU. Former cornerback and BYU TV analyst Brian Logan on the biggest issue for BYU football moving forward. Plus, ESPN college football expert and BYU national champion Trevor Maddich back for more. Is Taysom Hill doing too much? And what's going wrong in the red zone? His answer's on the way. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. 2013 very quickly coming to a close. Monday, December 30th, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who knows how to rock a serious mustache. Yeah? Jerem Jordan. You really think that? Hey, Tom Selleck, eat your heart out. I think it's a joke. That's what I think it is. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation, back at it wherever and however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. We have a healthy selection of show starters today, Jerem. We'll start with the guy that after Friday's game I can only refer to as a gladiator. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill. He got engaged to David Nixon's sister, Emily. On Saturday. The family ties for the Nixons continue with BYU Craig football. Bills, uh, David Nixon has brother-in-laws on both sides of the ball. Craig Bills and Taysom Hill. Not bad. David Nixon knows stuff. There's, there's ten kids in the Nixon family, right? Ten kids. Are there that, that right? many? Is that I ten didn't kids? know that. Something like, something like that. Wow. Uh, Wani Unga. I didn't even realize he got hurt against Washington, and then yesterday he tweets out that he wore, he tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus. It happened so late in the game, too, huh. which is really unfortunate. So, Wani, I think, had a, a dark horse outside fighter fighter's chance at the NFL. That's probably out of the mix now. And then Alex Caressa. You may remember him from last year. He was... Uh, you know, a quarterback the year before redshirting last year, played receiver a little bit, returned some punts. He was supposed to be on a mission. All of a sudden, he's off a mission, and he transfers to snow. So a little bit of uh, roster news uh, for BYU coming out the last couple days. The bowl game can, uh, madness continues for college footballers, uh, and today it's BYU opponent bowl day. Middle Tennessee takes on Navy in the Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. BYU, of course, dominated Middle Tennessee. That team finished 8-4. and four. They've won five in a row. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. That's a mouthful. So the Yellow Jackets will take on the Rebels. I feel like they're severely overmatched in that contest. But Yellow Jackets have a chance to do something. And Oregon and Texas in the Valero Alamo Bowl. One of the games that I've been looking forward to most this bowl season. Neither team is motivated in that one. I'm I'm wondering what's going to come out of that bowl game. You don't think the guys want to play for Mac Brown? Uh, they didn't play for him the first twelve games. Why I, were they in this well, one? Well, there was no guarantee that he wasn't going to have a job. Now they know he, this is his last game. I feel like Texas is going to come out super motivated, and Oregon's in a dangerous place. They had guys saying, "No, oh, we we don't really care about the Rose Bowl. It's not that big of a deal." Well, they didn't get the Rose Bowl, so. Why should I believe that Oregon's going to be motivated to go out and play against a Texas team that's trying to win one for the Gipper? Sometimes you're just that much better, and you don't have to be motivated, and you can still ball. All right. So you still like Oregon by like two touchdowns, right? Sure. <laughs> 17 plus. Oregon by 17 plus. You heard it from Jerem Jordan, mustache and all. Join the conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. Comment and like our Facebook page. Weigh in on today's poll question on BYUTVSports.com. Which loss has a bigger impact? We're going to let you decide what that means. Football to Washington or basketball to LMU? You can weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. 
and especially on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation, or on our Facebook page. Feel free to elaborate as much as you want within 140 characters. In fact, if you want to send multiple tweets to vent all of your, uh, let's say, frustrations, uh, thoughts, please do so, at BYU Sports Nation. And you, it, hey, you can vent, but we appreciate rational thought more than we do irrational thought, right? That, that is that is the caveat, yes. If you want to vent, go call your cousin or your uncle. You know what I mean? We want to have rational, meaningful discussion here. Not a lot of rational thinking and thoughts happening on it Twitter might, after after the basketball game on Saturday. It might not happen today. I'm saying going forward because <laughs> that was I cannot remember a worse weekend as a BYU sports fan in a, in a long time. Ever, ever. I can't remember it. Wait, you you are allowing irrational thought and emotion today, Jeremy? Absolutely. Are you, this is th- listen, wow. Listen, every you can have rational emotion. You can. I I am just upset at what happened over the weekend, as every BYU sports fan should. Now, women's basketball, thirty-one points by Jen Hampson. They win men's volleyball, sweeps Winnipeg in some exhibitions. That's nice. But football and basketball did not deliver, and we're going to break down. What happened and why and what happens next. But yeah, if you are frustrated as a BYU fan, you're absolutely on par with where you should be. You said this is the worst weekend you can remember in BYU sports in a long time. Just football and basketball, you know, it happened. And it's frustrating because the standards are high. If we didn't expect much from BYU football, it would have been like, meh, whatever. But because we expect BYU to be good and BYU is, is pretty good consistently, that's where the level of disappointment has come in. My mind is racing. I'm trying to think of a worse weekend. If anybody across BYU Sports Nation can tell us a worse weekend in the recent past... I don't want to know it. <laughs> Jerem doesn't want to know. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYUradio.org, the Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Access our show on demand on BYUradio.org. Oh, by the way, if you're new to the broadcast, we have... It re-airing weekdays, 7 Eastern, on BYU Radio. Rise and shout, my friends! It's time for a Monday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Hill on first and goal. Takes it in. Touchdown, BYU. And there is the only touchdown that BYU scores in the bowl game. Three trips to the red zone. One touchdown. I tweeted... Near the end of the game. Hey, the BYU TV Sports post game's coming up. I produced that show, so I'm just trying to, hey, get some reaction. We'll have highlights, blah, blah, blah. And whenever I say that when BYU loses, highlights, guaranteed three or four tweets. Uh, what highlights? Like 20 <laughs> seconds? Every, did, every time. I did see that one. Every time. <laughs> okay, so uh, one for three in the red zone, BYU. Uh, low, lower, actually, than, than par for the course on the season. They, they have a 49, entering the bowl game, 49% touchdown rate when they enter the red zone. They were 33% against Washington. Uh, They scored 16 points all in the second quarter. Washington entered the red zone four times, scored three touchdowns, and that is exactly on par with what they had done over the season at a 75% touchdown rate inside the red zone. So That right there is your difference. Here we go again. 15-point game. Red zone issues. Where do you fix it? How do you fix it? Why has it been a problem all season long? It's the obvious glaring concern for this BYU football team. It's maddening. It really is. And I'm sure it's maddening to an exponential level for the coaching staff and for the players. Like they, they were fantastic between the 20s. 
BYU is a top 20 offense Stati- at, oh. in yards. We're talking yards. What's the number one stat, though? What's the number one stat? Tell me. Uh, What's the most important stat? Those points. Scoring offense. Yes. yes score, points. It's called scoring offense. So how many points you score, right? And a close second, scoring defense. How many points you allow? The, the BYU defense played well enough to win that game. It was special teams that hurt BYU. Wait, kid. Okay, so the, what you're telling me is the BYU defense was good enough again. Yes, they gave up 17 points. Well, people say, They're, wait, wait, wait. They scored, Washington scored 31, Jerem. Correct. There's a special teams touchdown. Yes. And then there's a special teams return to the 35. You're going to get points out of that drive, most likely. You give up a first down or two, there's at least a field goal. Uh, Washington scores a touchdown. So there's 14. Let's not credit the BYU defense. For uh, You know what? They allowed a 35-yard drive. Guess what? If that was at the 20, it would have been maybe a punt or a field goal attempt. Anyways, 17 uh, true points allowed by BYU's defense. And the BYU offense scored all of its points, like you mentioned, in the second quarter. The red zone is a major issue. BYU's got to translate the yards into points. I think there's a couple things here that stick out. Tell me what you think. There's no tight end use in the offense. There's uh, BYU's ability to run inside the red zone is not there. I had this thought yesterday. Remember with John Beck and Max Hall, they were still out of the shotgun, independent of whether it's a what kind of spread or whatever. BYU would still go I formation inside the red zone, and it was so predictable. But guess what? BYU they, they would scored, score touchdowns. They scored touchdowns. BYU had a better offensive line. That's one part. I think tight end use. And I think BYU uh, needs to... Figure things out. The fact that Justin Sorensen sets a season record and made field goals tells me that BYU struggled in the red zone. I don't think it's a good thing that he set that record. Okay, here's the initial tweet that we're going to reference on today's show, and it comes from at CVD6262. He says, red zone issues give J-Swag Daddy, Jamal Williams, the rock outside the tackle. That's a good point because primarily he is inside the tackles in this Spread formation. 12 carries for Jamal Williams. 30 yards? 20, 31 yards. Average of 2.6 yards per carry. 12 carries, 31 yards. You know how many carries Taysom Hill had? 31. 31! Okay, I, I love Taysom Hill's athletic ability. I, I love the fact that he, that he has the ball the majority of the time because he is BYU's best athlete. Yes. Hands down. I'm okay with it. But you can have too much of a good thing. 31 yes. carries and 48 passes. He was responsible, all by his lonesome, for 79 of the 97 offensive BYU plays. We were laughing last week because we are looking at bowl game records. and Who was it? Steve Lindsley Sh- or something? Covey. Oh, Sean Covey. It was Sean Covey in the All-American Bowl or something. 61 and like, plays. We're like, holy cow, that's way too many. Taysom Hill... Had, had 18 seven, more. It's 79. Okay, this is like the Houston game, but guess what? Houston's D is not like Washington's D. So in that game, Taysom goes 400 plus, 100 plus, passing rush. Not not this game, although he almost goes 300, 130. But it's too much dependence on Taysom. It's too much. You need more J-Swag Daddy, and you need you need to involve other guys in the pass game. Or, or more of the other guys. Cody Oppen had 12 catches. What, eight or nine before that last drive where he gets three, kind of game's over, they're playing back, he gets a couple. Heck of a game for Cody Oppen. We'll talk about that in a moment. But too much Taysom. Okay, so I love Taysom, but it was too much. 79 plays for Taysom Hill. 
Uh, and like I said, he's a gladiator. The guy was an absolute competitor in the fight Hunger Bowl against Washington. That's just too much. That's, that's asking too much of your quarterback. And we're not ignorant to the fact that the offensive line is patchwork right now. There's another, if, if the red zone concern is number one, the offensive line has to be number two. And so that certainly factors into why Taysom is scrambling and running and trying to do so many things with his feet because there's not as much time as you would like your quarterback to have. He's trying to make a play out of nothing. So credit Taysom for trying to do his best with that. And you saw him frustrated in one particular drive. It was sort of his Federick uh, Marshall moment in the Motor City Bowl Bowl, where he just got after his guys. He was pointing. Federick was pointing. Hill did not, but he was frustrated because he needed more time to throw. So that certainly plays a factor into why that transpired in the bowl game. But some of it is because Taysom is used to like having to improvise on the fly, he, he won't go through all of his progressions. And that, that's something that, that they're certainly going to work right. on. Some of that's Taysom, but you're right. The, uh, the O-line need to give him at least the chance. Because then you can say, hey, Taysom, you need to look at two and three. So defense. let's go back to the defense. Good enough again. Create. They create a turnover. Rob Daniel takes it inside. You're down 12. You have a chance to cut it to five. Yes. Rob Daniel, huge interception. It's 28-16 at that point. He runs it to the 10-yard line. Bronson Kafusi gets away with one targeting penalty, but does not get away with a late hit on the block that was unnecessary. Ball gets pushed all the way back to like the 35-yard line or something, and BYU moves the ball, what, six or seven yards? They end up kicking a field goal that Justin Sorensen misses. You get no points. Earlier in the game, Kyle Van Noy makes an incredible play on Bishop Sankey on fourth and one from deep inside uh, BYU's territory and thwarts that drive. BYU goes three and out. So the defense does enough. They were good enough again, but you know who wasn't good enough? Special teams. Yikes. Jamal Williams spoke with our BYU TV sports crew after the game on just what kind of a role special teams plays. Special teams is a, a great aspect to this game, and they they did tremendously on it, on special teams, defense, and offense. So um, hats off to them. They, they're a great team. Kickoff return for a touchdown. You talked about it, Jerem. And then another long return. Two plays make a huge difference. And ESPN blew that up. And they should. You know, they, they should. Because that was their big profile piece, was the kickoff return and then another long return. And there's Lou Holtz talking about asking Mark teams. How many safeties are back there, you know? It's the same question. No one's in their lanes. You don't. You didn't see a whole lot of those breakdowns from BYU this year, and then Scott Arlano had an eight-yard punt. I mean, just just uncharacteristic breakdowns from a usually disciplined special teams unit. Bronco Mendenhall puts a lot of uh, dependable guys on those teams for a reason. Cody Hoffman's yes. in on that. Adam Hine's in on that. Like the, those guys, starters play on special are teams. Notable players because he puts it at such a high value. Special teams not there. And what a horrible time for it not to show up. BYU loses the bowl game, 31-16. They end their five, what could have been a five-game bowl win streak. And we move on. Okay, so frustration out of the way. Now it's time to dish out some positive vibes. Topic two. Kudos to Cody and Kyle, the senior stepping up, particularly Cody Hoffman. Record setter. Mr. Consistency. Jamal Williams also spoke about his senior teammate and what a game he had. 
Cody Hoffman's just an extremely good player. I mean, he came out here, and even if we were losing, he's still doing his thing and getting his stats and catches. So uh, I'm going to miss him when he leaves, and I love him to death. He's going to be my brother forever. 167 yards receiving for Cody Hoffman. Again, he it wasn't wasn't flashy, wasn't loud. It just kind of goes about his business, does his thing, and becomes a record setter on another level for BYU. A lot of people were wondering, like, what? Why is BYU throwing the the ball to Cody so much at the end of the game? Why were they doing that, Jaron? For those that, that didn't know, because BYU was smart and there was a record that he could set if they did that. Now you think, who cares about that? You know what? He deserved it. So throw him the ball. So throw him the ball. He got the all-time, uh, all-purpose yards record, passing Curtis Brown. So Cody Hopman's the only guy in BYU history to have 5,000 all-purpose yards. Amazing. That is incredible. He came back for his senior year. Uh, imagine if BYU didn't have Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hopman this year. What it would have been like? Probably, maybe not eight wins. I'm telling you that. Maybe seven. Uh, so Hopman comes back, he gets every record. Literally every receiving record. Receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Most 100-yard rece- games. Most 100-yard games and all-purpose yards. Fantastic. That's a fabulous five right there. And Kyle Van Noy, uh, he had a good game in that tremendous play that bookends his career uh, with you know just one more great play to add to his reel. Okay, so we, we've looked at uh, the tough parts, and we've looked at the silver lining. Cody Hoppin goes out with a bang. Those two are going to play in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Cody helps his draft stock. Uh, Kyle's going to get drafted. Right now he's projected late second round, probably early third round. He, he's going to play in the league. So we looked at the silver lining. But I, I want to know, Jerem, what, what was your raw emotion when you woke up on Sunday morning? I think I was over it by that point. No, you're right. I'm not. Yeah, the, it's weird for me because I I produce the pre and post game show. So there's a lot of my my attention is not raw emotion. It's a lot of rational thought and organization and logistics associated with producing those shows. So it happens kind of in the fourth quarter because I've got a show to produce. <laughs> I don't I don't just go to IHOP and talk about how terrible things are with my buddies. Um, I do that on this. On this show, right? Yes. Right? No, it, it was very frustrating. But yeah, the raw emotion was was quite frustrated as a BYU alumnus uh, and co-host of this show. You know, it was frustrating because I expect better from BYU. I, ex- I thought BYU was better than the sixth pick from the Pac-12 without a coach. I thought they were. And they didn't play a great game, and Washington played a good game and, and won. I am excited, though, about the schedule that BYU has next year that is not as tough and I feel that Taysom will make strides. I feel the offensive line can get better uh, with a couple of additions expected to the offensive line. Uh, you got you have some questions to you know figure out with the receivers, but you bring in Nick Kurtz. You hope that he's the new Cody Hoppin. That's a high expectation. Uh, and you have some talented guys on the defense. But yeah, emotionally, it was tough. And then the basketball game oh, happens. So boy. that I mean, the basketball game would have been frustrating for most BYU fans had there not been a Washington game, but. You add it after that, the ne- the next day, not good. On that note, let's go ahead and segue to topic three, my friend. Topic three. Moving on from the loss at LMU. Can you move on from that loss? You have to quickly. You have Pepperdine tonight. Pepperdine tonight. That's right. That's the good thing about this game. BYU did not have a long time to think about it. One day in between on their annual trip to L.A., 
from this West Coast Conference road swing. So they've got Pepperdine tonight. For the first time in the Dave Rose era in nine years, BYU has lost three straight games. That's amazing that BYU has never lost three until now. They're eight and six. That that tells you what kind of a coach Dave Rose is. You know what's funny about LMU? They kind of have Dave Rose's number. His his first his home opening game as the BYU coach lost lost to I w- LMU. That was one of they like, weren't even in the West Coast Conference. That was at that one point. of like the three games that I was a uh, uh, in the stands as a student. <laughs> Loses to LMU, and then yet yeah, he just it's it's weird. That's kind of a weird opponent for Dave Rose from reason. LMU one in Provo. By the way, they're going to be back here January 11th. Like quick, two it's weeks, fast. so they can BYU can pay it back. But a brutal loss to drop three straight uh, for the first time in the Dave Rose era at BYU. Hey, you look at the numbers. Tyler Haas, Matt Carlino go 8 for 28 combined. Like, you can't do not that. Not winning numbers. Not Especially not on the road. I mean, you, you cannot do You just can't. But Dave Rose said some really insightful things, and that was, he's like, he said, we don't know what we're going to get every night. Uh, there's, there's no, which tells me there is no consistency on this team. That is, that's a little disconcerting. A yeah. lot disconcerting, actually. Yes. Major, major red flag. And, BYU's played this tough schedule, and we've talked about, you know what, we think BYU's better than the record because they played uh, tough teams. They played well in those games for the most part. But this game was not one of those games. This was more like the Utah game where it was, hey, what happened on both sides of the ball? You didn't score points, and then you gave up a bunch. Because BYU in those other games, Iowa State, we were saying, you know what, tough game, BYU lost it. You, You score 88 and you lose. UMass, you score 96 and you lose. Oregon, you score 96... And you lose again in Ugh. overtime. So those were different than this. So BYU's really got to figure out some things. They've, they've got to be able to rely on... Uh, Matt Carlino has lost his confidence. They need a confident Matt Carlino. Tyler Haas did not play well against LMU. He's the guy of all the guys that you need in every game as four, the guy. Four for the 15. Leader. Five turnovers for Tyler. Uncharacteristic. Eric, Eric Meek has got to be there. I don't want Kyle Collinsworth, one of the top three scorers in any game. I, I just don't. I want him to facilitate. I want him to rebound. And I want uh, the other guys to score. So BYU's got some work to do in, in, in basketball. Talented, but right now they've got to figure some things out in a hurry. If there's a guy that can help BYU rebound from three straight losses, they've got the right man coaching that team. Dave Rose. I... I will support that guy and respect that guy for the rest of his tenure, whether he's at BYU until he's done coaching or he goes somewhere else. I am a huge fan of Dave Rose. He is the reason there are such high expectations in this program. If there's a guy that can turn around this program, turn around this team at 8-6, and six, it is Dave Rose. I'll be shocked if they lose tonight. I'll be surprised that they don't win by double digits. I bet you they play really well tonight. So, BYU loses to LMU. Time to turn it around, go to 1-1 one one in conference play, and get a win in Malibu against Pepperdine. Oh, and one final uh, note going back to football, Jerem. 241 days until BYU That's and right. UConn. 241 to UConn. Let's go. <laughs> Which loss has a bigger impact, football to Washington or basketball to LMU? That is our Twitter question today. We'll get inside some of those social media responses coming up. But first, we're going to talk to BYU former defender for the Cougars, Brian Logan. And BYU TV analyst, what he thinks BYU needs to address first when the offseason begins. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. 
This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on B to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. And if you so choose, you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Hey, tonight, big night on BYU TV. Women's basketball host Pepperdine. Live at 7 Eastern on BYU Television. Then a special True Blue featuring the top 25 plays of the 2013 football season. That airs at 11.30 Eastern. Normally True Blue airs at uh, 8.30 Eastern, but we'll be in the middle of the women's basketball game tonight. So one airing tonight uh, and two rebroadcasts in the afternoon of Wednesday for True Blue. Check and, it out. And how about a quick rise and shout to the women's basketball team? They're 11-1. and 11-1. and one. Jennifer Hampson, 31 points, a career high on Saturday. 31 points. Nice work. Check her out, six feet seven, dominating in the middle tonight. Pepperdine and BYU on BYU TV. Our Twitter and Facebook question today: Which loss has a bigger impact, football to Washington or basketball to LMU? We'll get to your social media responses after we talk to Brian Logan, our first guest on BYU Sports Nation today. Brian, in a BYU loss on Friday, you did have a bright moment, my friend, as you were crowned the Y Factor champion in the BYU TV Sports post game, Such a great victory on your part. You were presented with a fabulous trophy. My question is, where is that trophy now? Um, my trophy is still at uh, the building, actually. It's on set. That's, that's where I left it. It was a rooster. Yep, the rooster. I, I, left, it on, I left it on set. Uh, the reason why I left it there is because I didn't have my name on it, so I, did, I just needed you guys to carve in my name. Um, you know, 2013 Y Factor. Uh, award winner, and then I'll, then I'll take it on with me. What does that award mean to you, Brian Logan? <laughs> and where does it rank among all the awards you've ever received? <laughs> uh, you know what? It has to probably rank number one. I haven't really got too many awards. Uh, I got wow. an honorable mention uh, preseason, or excuse me, uh, honorable mention uh, All-American um, in 2009. Uh, but it's just honorable mention, you know. This, this one is set in stone. This is, you know, first team, I'm the winner. You know, congratulations to me. Well, congratulations. Uh, it was well deserved. It was a fun season of pre and post game shows uh, for BYU football. And uh, as the producer, always fun to work with you and everybody on the crew. But as we look back at the Washington game, Brian, a couple days later, uh, what still sticks out to you in your mind uh, that maybe didn't go right for BYU against Washington? Well, you know, like I said earlier, it's just the, the red zone you know, issues that, that the BYU offense had, you know, it's, it's kind of the story of the, of the year. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's, you're in the red zone five, six times and, and you score once and you, you come away with a couple field goals, but you know, if you score two, three times, um, you know, touchdowns and you know, you're, you're right in the game, you know, probably even win the game. Um, so, you know, looking back, I, I think that was the biggest thing. The defense played well, um, you know, offense, they, they didn't move the ball, which was, which was great until, you know, they got into the red zone. Um, something that really uh, kind of stood out to me looking back at it, um, you know, Taysom had 33, 31 rushing attempts, and, and Jamal, I think, had 9 or 10. And 12. Um, or 12. That's, that is, <laughs> that's, that's funny to me. Uh, I mean, Taysom is the best player in the world, and, you know, I, I love him, but uh, you know, I, I think when when you do have a player like that, all eyes are on him. Um, so, you know, when you're in the red zone and you're calling, uh, you know, the read option or you're calling quarterback draws, 
um, you know, he's going to get a lot of attention. Um, so, you know, it's a great it's a great opportunity to give the ball to somebody like Jamal, who is just as good running the ball. Um, you know, he, he has to get more touches. And, you know, you look through the, throughout the, the season, and, and when he has 20-plus touches, I mean, he's going over 100 yards. So, um, you know, they can't, they, you know, you love Taysom, but you can't forget about Jamal. Brian Logan, BYU TV analyst and former BYU football player, joining BYU Sports Nation. Brian, you touched on some glaring concerns that have been there all season. If you're a BYU coach, I want you to put yourself in their shoes. What is the number one thing you start working on on January 6th or whenever they start uh, uh, the winter semester practices? Yeah, so, I mean, with with the off season, um, you know, guys will, will lift weights and, and they'll go through – uh, treatment for any, you know, nagging injuries that they have. So they won't really get on the field until uh, spring ball, uh, which I think is in April. So the coaches really won't have a, a, an opportunity to focus on, you know, red zone, um, you know, some of the red zone issues with the players. You know, the, the coaches can watch film and, and they can try to come up with certain different, you know, different plays and, um, you know, different schemes to to help out the red zone problems. Um, but I, I think that's what's going to happen is, is there has to be a huge emphasis on that. And something that Coach Mendenhall did with the defense when he took over in 2010 was um, every time before, you know, we had gave up so many rushing yards. I think we were giving up, you know, 250 a game. And Coach Mendenhall made us um, run a sprint every time uh, we were in practice, every time the scout team offense crossed the line of scrimmage. Um, so, you know, it was a huge incentive for us not to uh, allow that to happen because we didn't want to run after practice. So uh, practicing like that, you know, five days in a row really translated to the, to, the, to the game on Saturday, and we just kept that same mindset. So, um, you know, we ended up holding uh, the rest of our opponents, I think, to, you know, about 100 yards every, every game after that. So I think uh, the, the offense needs to do something like that next year starting in spring ball, you know, have some type of incentive um, where they have to score a touchdown. If they don't score, um, you know, maybe they have to run five sprints or something along those lines. But um, I think there has to be a lot more emphasis on the red zone in practice. That's where it starts. Brian, Cody Hoffman had a a heck of a game to finish his uh, fantastic BYU career. 12 catches, 167 yards. He becomes the all-purpose career leader for BYU. Uh, what did you think of Cody's uh, final game as a BYU Cougar? Yeah, it was it was outstanding. Um, you know, he 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 didn't really do it. It wasn't too flashy. Um, you know, he he really didn't stand out that much as far as the you know the big plays. But um, he's he's a hard worker. Um, you, you know, it doesn't really matter who he plays if it's you know Nevada or New Mexico State or Wisconsin or Notre Dame. He, he's going to show up and play. And I think he's he's really helped his his draft um, his draft stock uh, this last game. You know, there's a lot of eyes there. I know there's a lot of scouts there, um, especially with some of the talent that Washington had. Um, so I, I mean, it, it, it's all going to come down to I, I think his forty time. That the film is there, his plays are there. Um, he's a hardworking kid. Coaches are going to give nothing but uh, say nothing but great things uh, about him to the scouts. So. It really to determine what he does at the combine uh, as far as where he'll land in the draft. 
Brian Logan on BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV analyst and former Cougar football player, defender. Brian, we were talking about Taysom Hill, and it's been well documented. I mean, he accounted for 79 of the, uh, I believe, 97 offensive plays that BYU ran, which is way too many. You don't want to see that from your quarterback. How much of that is because Taysom Hill is not going through progression compared to his offensive line just is not giving him enough time. What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it, you know, I, I think when he when he has time, uh, he does go through his progressions, uh, you know, quite well. And, and I think he's starting to evolve. Uh, he's definitely evolved from the beginning of the season, you know, towards the end. Um, so the games where we've seen him go through his progression is the games where he's had a lot of time. Um, I think it also had to do a little bit with um, – Washington's defense and how well they played in the, in, the, in the secondary. So, you know, big props to them. And, you know, if you go back and watch that game, the, even when, when Taysom did have time, there was nobody open down the field. Um, and, 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 you know, so, so with the offensive line, even, even if the defensive line isn't getting a lot of pressure, there can still be covered sacks. And, and that's what you saw there. But, you know, Taysom, uh, I think uh, the, the coaches, Coach and I, ha- has to figure out a way to get the ball out faster uh, because of the offensive line. So when he was doing well uh, in the beginning of the year, I mean, there were three-step drops, uh, you know, slant routes, hitches. You know, these are going for five, seven yards, which is fine uh, because you're, you're doing them on first down. So when it gets to third down, now it's third and three. It's a manageable distance. Now you can put the ball in his hand or Jamal's hand and let him run for three yards, and, you know, he's almost guaranteed to get three every time. Brian Logan joins BYU Sports Nation. Brian, eight wins in the 2013 campaign ended up being a tough schedule. Maybe not as tough as we thought initially with how those teams fared throughout the year, but what did you think of eight wins in 2013 for BYU football? You know, it's it's always hard to to win a game, like like Coach Mennonoff said, um, you know, even when you are playing against opponents that that aren't that great, um, so you know, anytime you can have eight wins and, and make it to a bowl game, be a bowl eligible, uh, that, and, and have a winning record, that that is great. But you know, the, the standard for for BYU football and what Coach Mineral is trying to accomplish, and and even just the the, the fans and the community is is much much higher. Um, you know, ten wins, eleven wins. That that's when I came into the program. Um, and, and that was common. That was that that was what was expected each and every year. So uh, I know this was a tougher schedule um, this year, but uh, you know I think BYU could have easily had ten ten wins, especially with the red zone problems. Um, you know, coming into this year, I thought that BYU would would lose to um, you know Wisconsin and Notre Dame, which they did. I thought that, that those would have been the games that they struggled with. Um, you know, unfortunately, they, they lose to, to Virginia, which they should have won, and then, you know, obviously Utah. Um, but, uh, it, you know, I think going into next year, it's, it's going to be a little bit easier, you know, with that schedule. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, as long as you come away with a winning record, yeah, that, that, that's great. But, um, you know, with BYU and the honor code, I, I think if you get those 10 wins, 10-plus wins, it definitely helps out with recruiting, especially for the, the non-LDS kids that are, that, are, that are wanting to come in. Y-Factor champion and the always fashionable Brian Logan, BYU TV analyst, former Cougar football player on BYU Sports Nation. Brian, interestingly enough, as you look at next year's team and the secondary, the way it's shaping up, 
that really, on paper, is the strength of the BYU defense next year, which is not a common thing. Do you think that this team, I mean, do you feel like this team with the players that have come back in the secondary can maybe be the best secondary that has ever played at BYU? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I'm excited already for these guys. Uh, you know, you got Jordan Johnson coming back from his injury. Um, you know, I spoke with him about a month ago. He said he was about a month ahead of schedule, which is always great to hear. So he'll be at the field corner spot. I would move uh, Rob Daniel to uh, strong safety. Uh, you have Daniel Sorensen leaving. Um, you know, he'll have a chance to go to the NFL. Uh, you know, you leave Craig Bills at, at free safety. Uh, and then the, the interesting battle is going to be between Sam Lee and Trent Trammell at the, at the boundary corner spot. Um, but it, it, it doesn't really matter to me who wins that, that, that position because, you know, you'll have a nickel back. Um, I know Alani uh, Fua played nickel uh, a little bit this year. He was a nickel guy um, and, and, did, and did great. But now you have a, a, a true corner that, that can play that spot. So depending on, you know, that battle between Sam Lee and, and Trent Trammell, uh, whoever wins, that's great. But whoever loses will still have an opportunity to play. Um, at that field corner position. So, um, you know, if, if that is the strength of, of the team and, and let's say one of those two guys, Sam Lee or, or Trent Mel, is a better player, you know, a top 11 player for you in, in the defense, then, then Coach Mino has to, has to consider playing a lot more nickel, just maybe that being the base. You know, maybe you go to 3 3 five, um, defense just to have, you know, all the best players on the field um, at one time, so it's it's definitely exciting for me as a former uh, uh, defensive back at BYU to see uh, these guys come in next year. Well, 241 days until BYU at Connecticut, Brian. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Thanks for the time, Brian. All right, thank you, guys. Brian Logan on BYU Sports Nation getting it done, both as a defender back in 2009, 2010, and now as a BYU TV analyst, the Y-Factor champion, uh, if you're not familiar with the Y Factor, we go around the horn before each BYU football game and pick somebody that we think will be have an outside shot at having a, an outstanding game. Besides Taysom Hill and Wanayunga. We yep. eliminated them because they're too obvious. And and I didn't win. If I had won, then I would have been the Y Factor champion. You would have won the tiebreak scenario. You did not, though, and Brian Logan is a champion. Should we do? Should we have, like, first team all Y Factor? <laughs> Like, Blaine Fowler was honorably mentioned. He didn't win. <laughs> Blaine didn't win one. Dave won the bowl game. Dave won the bowl game. His first win all year. Hilarious. Which loss has a bigger impact? Football against Washington in the fight, Hunger Bowl, or basketball losing to a team that has an RPI of 139 in LMU by 11 points? You decide. That is our Twitter question, and that's what we're talking about now. It's Twitter time. Okay, the first one we're going to go to is uh, from at Troy B. Adams. He said they both, speaking of both teams, had me hurling all weekend long. Fair enough. Hurling could be throwing up. It could be throwing things. (laughs) I I understand that. I get it. At Laser Sheep. That's a toughie because they both stunk. I will go with hoops because this hurts their conference record early. Hashtag pain times two. Yeah. Oof. That's a brutal loss. That's a brutal loss. The, you don't like it at any point, but to start conference play, I was like, oh. They were 158 in the RPI before 
before the BYU win. Now they're at 139, but that's still a sub-100 RPI loss in yeah. the open conference. Yeah. Man, three you, straight you, losses. you gotta, you got to bounce back tonight. you got to just play better and, and regroup and go from there. I, Dave Rose is the guy that can get him to do it. Okay, uh, we, we throw a little bit of curveball. We have a tweet coming in that says, okay, and this is directed at, at Jeremy and I, your team loses this weekend and both of you laughing and mocking them. Shame. Okay, well, if if, if we're not laughing, then, then we're, we're crying. We're going to cry. We're crying. We will cry. Okay. And uh, you probably haven't listened to the show before. I mean, and, and, and as far as my, we are BYU Sports Nation. We're BYU Sports Nation. We I don't know see and talk about the good in the world. And when there isn't, we just have to be fair to the situation. <laughs> oh, Mo- mocking. Hey, you want to mock Jeremy and I? Fine, but we are not mocking BYU Sports. Mock. We can, we can yeah. Ing. Yeah. Let, let's stop it there. Okay. <laughs> At Parker Lauren. Basketball. I wasn't prepared for it. We hadn't lost to them in West Coast Conference play. Actually, they had, and he corrected that. It hurts in the conference race and limits our attorney chances. LMU is that weird team. Dave Rose has lost to LMU three times. Yeah, and, and to the attorney chances, that's why it's so big. Because guess what? BYU is two games above five hundred. I think right now BYU is majorly on the bubble, if not oh, out. Oh, they are, they are a bubble team at this point. They're if at not la- out. Their at-large hopes took a huge hit with the loss to LMU. They will have to regroup in a major way. And, and what's the best indicator of the future? The present. So you hope that BYU changes the present, because right now, that was a struggle. BYU's lost three in a row, played a good game against Oregon, but lost. But the other two games, not good. Not good. I'm going to quote the turtle from Kung Fu Panda when I say this. this. This is wisdom right here, okay? He's like the sensei. In that. He says, the past is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. What a- Boom! Boom! Boom. <laughs> you should have wrapped that. Uh, we welcome in the second guest today on BYU Sports Nation. It is another Maddich Monday. Trevor Maddich of ESPN College Football Expert, former BYU National Champion, joining us. And Trevor, we, we were joking last week uh, about Sean Covey and him totaling the most number of plays of any BYU player in a bowl game scenario. He... he uh, totaled 61 plays. Taysom Hill was responsible for 79 of the 97 plays. I know Taysom's great, and he's a gladiator, but is that too much Taysom? Well, it would be too much Taysom if he had to do it again next week and then the next week, but you know, since he'll have a little bit of time to rest, uh, that's good for him. As far as the offense goes, yeah, that's too much Taysom. The, the problem is, on too many called passes, it turns into Taysom. So instead of him just dropping back and throwing the ball or rolling out and throwing the ball, it turns into Taysom running for his safety, scrambling all over the place, having to do Houdini moves just to throw the most basic of passes because the rush is there too soon. And all of a sudden, it's not just too much Taysom. It's too much Taysom under too much pressure. Trevor, when you look at the offensive line, they were young. They only had one senior in the two deep who – Sometimes played Manaki Vaitai, so everyone's coming back. Um, what do you think of the offensive line play now that the season's over, and how does BYU get better? The offensive line played with great effort. They, they gave it all they had, and they were too inexperienced and too young. And the bottom line is that they weren't good enough this year. They just weren't. And I think you could see that in the Washington game. Now, credit Washington's defense. They are very, very good. I think overall this Washington team is one of the best two teams that, that BYU played this year. 
And actually, BYU played a lot better than the box score looks, but, or the scoreboard looks. But when you look at just the offensive line, as I watched the game, whenever Taysom would drop back to pass, it seemed to me like there was a, a, just a sieve in front of him. I mean, the rush would pour through in not just one place, but multiple places much of the time. And so when you're trying to develop a, a young quarterback and teach him how to throw with the proper footwork, he can't throw with the proper footwork when there's defenders in his face all the time and he's having to run. You're trying to teach him to throw with proper timing, but he can't really throw with proper timing when he's always rushed. So the ball can't get to the right spot at the right time with proper technique by the quarterback in the pocket. And so you've got a passing game that then comes down to sandlot ball. Taysom running for his life, receivers trying to react to the scramble, and you don't have the, the consistency that you practice. You just have athletes trying to make a play. And that's because the offensive line is, wasn't yet ready this year to protect against the better defensive fronts. Now, that's not because they're not talented, and it's not because they didn't work hard. I want to be careful that people don't think I'm raining on the offensive line. It's because they were very young, playing in a new scheme, and rotating in a lot of guys. You had what, what on most other teams would be a lot of backups playing a lot of meaningful minutes because of the platooning. But the good news is, because they played so many snaps this last year, and because now they know what's expected of them in the offseason, I expect there to be a quantum leap by that unit, the offensive line, for next season. Trevor Maddich of ESPN, college football analyst, joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, you see so many different concerns uh, that have been here throughout the season, and, and it seemed like a lot of them came up during the bowl game, most notably the ineffectiveness to score touchdowns inside the red zone. BYU was 49% entering the game. They went one for three, uh, converting touchdowns when they got inside the 20-yard line. What has to change for BYU to get the ball in the end zone? Well, to start with, they need to pound the ball better. When you get down into the red zone, everybody's closer to the line of scrimmage. And so you, you don't have the threat of being able to throw the ball up and over to a Cody Hoffman 40 yards down the field, which keeps the defense, you know, you would think, from crowding up to the line, although it certainly didn't keep Washington from crowding up to the line in this game. And so the offensive line just has to mash people down there. And this offensive line wasn't able to do that with enough consistency. Also, we didn't see enough production out of the tight ends. We saw some, but not enough. And when you combine that with the fact that the passing game has to work down there, has to work. And because the, the quarterback situation and, and protection situation wasn't good enough, small deficiencies in precision that – just give Taysom opportunities to, to make a play with his legs in the big field, turn into zero or negative plays very quickly in the red zone. So really as the offensive line improves and as more production occurs with the tight ends, you'll see another quantum leap in production in the red zone because those things are all connected. Jamal Williams had 12 carries, Trevor. Uh, should he have maybe gotten the ball more, or is, or is that Taysom deciding that in the moment and he, he decided that it was better for him to run at times? Well, no, the offensive, the, the offensive scheme is set up to look at what the defense does from a, a read option standpoint or, you know, and really a lot of their passes come on read options where it's a run or a pass choice. And the, uh, in the second half especially, Washington brought the safeties up to the line of scrimmage. 
BYU still outgained Washington by a lot, by 150 yards or so. And so the box score actually looked good for BYU. If they could have scored touchdowns instead of field goals, it would have been a different situation. Uh, but when you look at um, – you know, when you look at how it all came about, in the second half, Washington decided that they would take away BYU's ability for the big receivers to get down the field. So they crowded the line of scrimmage. That takes away the run. That gives you a read to throw the pass. But now you're throwing passes, but you don't have time for pass patterns to develop down the field, so you've got to throw them short. Well, with the whole defense up near the line of scrimmage, when you throw short passes, you get tackled immediately. And there's this whole vicious cycle going on. And so, you know, until they can protect better, they can't throw the ball down the field better. And until they can throw the ball down the field better, defenses will come up and gum up the line of scrimmage. And so that's what happened in the second half. Now you talked about Hill. When the defense comes up and crowds the running lanes, it triggers the quarterback to make other calls other than hand it off very often. And that's one of the reasons you didn't see him get the ball as much as you would think. It was actually, it would have been a bad play to hand in the ball on a lot of those snaps in the second half where people were saying, well, where was Hill? Well, you you don't want to get yourself, you want to get yourself into the best play possible. And they forced BYU into other plays based on what they did. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, earlier today, uh, Jerem said that it was okay for, for listeners to have some irrational thoughts and, and some raw emotion. Uh, oh, why, it's okay today, but that, that was it. No, no other irrational <laughs> thoughts, Jerem. <that's... laughs> well, Jerem is the master. Uh, the, I, the no, ma- I said for me. Yeah. I, I know the fans are always going to do that. I said to, you know, today was the one day I would allow some irrational conversation. So with that backdrop, Trevor, uh, at any point over the weekend, did you have some irrational thinking and some, some fandom coming out of uh, your mouth and, and out of your, your veins, if you will? Yeah, and it was mostly it. The, the offensive line – I wasn't so. I was. I was frustrated, but I understand. It's okay to not be to not quite be good enough yet. It's okay to be young. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, as long as you give me the effort, and that's the thing. If if people don't give the effort, especially in preparation and practice, then I am merciless in raining misery on you. But that's not <laughs> what these guys are. They 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 give you they give you maximum effort at all times. The the thing that frustrated me and where the fandom came out was at the kickoff coverage. For goodness sake, stay in your lane. If you can't tackle the guy, at least make him juke. At least make him change direction so the rest of the pursuit has time to get there. Now, that's a mental mistake. And those kickoff coverage teams were really what, what blew this game open for Washington and the reason the score looked like a dominant win for Washington. Keep in mind that they scored 31 points in this game. One of those touchdowns was a 100-yard kickoff return. Actually, more than that. That's how they score it. So take it down to 24 points scored by the offense, and a couple more touchdowns were aided by long kickoff returns. Exactly. But if you just give them, give them that, take away the one that the special team scored directly. Washington averages 38 points per game. Their offense, even with short fields a couple of times, only scored 24 points. Think about that. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, great insight. And we were going to talk about the special team song. I'm glad you brought it up, but you mentioned the the long kickoff returns. The last one allowed for a 36-yard field. And so Washington, really they, they only scored 
17 points going length of the field against BYU. So the defense, once again, we feel was just good enough. Do you feel like they were good enough? The, the, defense, the defense could have stopped them there, but I thought the defense was actually, once again, magnificent in this game. I keep on hearing people say that Washington was too fast and they couldn't catch Bishop Sankey and, you know, and, and hogwash. That's silly. Washington averages 500 yards per game. Against BYU, they got 319 yards. Bishop Sankey is that fast guy that lit up pretty much everybody he played this year. Guess what? Against BYU, he averaged four and a half yards per carry. Four and a half. Four and a half. That's average, a little below average, not so good. You know, you've got his longest run was only 17 yards. So if you just look at the Internet, you would think that BYU was just chasing Sankey all over the place like a man, like, like, a, like boys chasing a man. But it wasn't the case at all. BYU's defense actually performed very, very well in this game. You know, the special team's failures made everybody look worse than they were. Well, Trevor, we appreciate the time. We look forward to talking to you next week as we preview the national championship game with you. And uh, have fun on ESPN this week. Yeah, it's, listen, the, the bowl season's heating up. I, I wish BYU would have had the win. Uh, but I'll tell you this, though. One question you asked was, you know, early in the season a couple times, did they have a good year? And BYU improved in certain areas this year that are critical. And I think that as you look back on this year, you know, three or four years from now, you'll see this as the start of something big once again. And I love, love the way the offense progressed, and I love the investment in the offense. The defense is continuing on with their, with their high standard, and in this bowl game, they played really well. Special teams need some work, but I think we'll look back on this year as another step back towards the glory that BYU fans want. Absolutely. Thanks, Trevor, for the time. We'll see you later. Bye, Joe. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around, plus today's Rise and Shout. More of your tweets is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and Shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, recently engaged. Holler. Congratulations, Taysom. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linson and Jeremy Jordan here. You know what time it is? Time to whip. That's, that's right. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Dennis Pitta, eight catches, 63 yards for the Ravens in a loss to Cincinnati, knocking Baltimore out of the playoff picture. Ziggy Ansah, he had a tackle yesterday in the Lions' loss to the Vikings. He finished his rookie season, though, with 32 tackles, eight sacks, two forced fumbles. Nice job for the fifth pick in the draft. Ziggy will begin next season with the new head coach, as it looks like Jim Schwartz is out in Detroit as the head coach. Brett Kiesel finished the season strong. Great game. Three tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. And the Steelers win over the Browns. And Austin Collie was cut by the Patriots on Friday. Cougars in the association. Jimmer freaking for debt. Jimmer, four points, ten minutes of the Kings' loss of the Spurs yesterday. It's okay, Jerem. Brandon Davies had a point and two boards in six minutes of the 76ers' win over the Lakers. He started the fourth quarter, played some meaningful minutes. Basketball. The 8-6 men's team plays Pepperdine tonight, 10 Eastern on Time Warner Cable, CSN Bay Area, and of course BYU Radio. BYU try to snap its first three-game losing streak in the Dave Rose era. Women's basketball. The 11-1 Cougars host Pepperdine as well. 7 Eastern live on BYU TV. Jennifer Hampson scored a career-high 31 
in BYU's West Coast Conference opening win Saturday by 18 points over Loyola Marymount. And for that, Jennifer Hampson gets our rise and shout. 31 points. Career. Fantastic. The next two days, best of shows for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We'll be back live Thursday to get you ready for a big uh, hoops weekend. Tonight on BYU TV, again, women's basketball. But after that, special edition of True Blue airs at 11.30 Eastern, the top 25 plays of the 2013 football season. Some quick tweets. Which loss has a bigger impact, football to Washington or basketball to LMU? We go to at CBD6262. B-ball is a bigger deal. It will, should have an effect this year. Effect on football loss will be confounded with offseason changes. We'll see what those off-season changes are. Thanks to our guests, Brian Logan and Trevor Maddich, and everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, and engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment all you like. You can listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. It was a tough weekend. Now it's time to go get some wins. Beat Pepperdine.